This is Ryan. This is Wayne. And this is Kill the Rabbit Podcast. We, I think I did pretty good this week. A lot of things. What was my challenge last week? Something about do better with conflict, right? Something around, some around, I remember that piece. Okay. So I don't know if I'm picking that because I did better with that and I want to make sure that I check that off. So I did, um, <clears throat> I didn't have direct conflict. Oh, I remember. I was talking, no, this is on another situation. I was discussing with you. I need to get down to the, I need to have the ability to have those hard conversations with people that I'm scared to talk to because I avoid conflict. So I had the conversation, um, which wasn't even a conversation. It was just more of like a throwing it out there in the chat room of, hey, this is what I'm having a problem with. Um, I asked this before, but it wasn't really answered. I need clarity, blah, blah, blah. So then it was good responses. And now I'm like having, you know, meetings with people on the regular on, on a regular basis, which is really good. Um, I haven't really had any chance to do any of the, of the Cosmopod work. Um, I did uh, run it by a few people to get kind of feedback on what they thought. They do think it, um, the idea that I'm having that's still kind of getting flushed out is uh, powerful. So it definitely has potential. And that they have said that um, there's people that I know that would be able to put me in front of people that could try it. So, um, right now I'm, the task at hand is building a prototype, um, what we call a minimum viable product to kind of see if it's going to be a viable thing that people would be willing to pay for. Right. So that's where I'm at currently. Um, I'm working, uh, the scheduling stuff has kind of worked itself out. So I, so I have things kind of set at a certain time that I'll do various things throughout the day. I was doing that thing where I would set up in the morning to like plan out the day, but since my schedule doesn't change very often, it just seemed ludicrous to like create five tasks every morning at 7:30. So now I just said, look, just throw them here. I'm busy enough at work where I don't really have breaks in between to shift gears like that. Um so it's kind of after work. So I'm still trying to, I haven't done the gym yet. I'm working on that. My wife started a new job, so she's up at 5 a.m. So that's kind of changed everything because normally I'm waking up at like 8.30. So now I have all this extra time in the morning. So I'm utilizing that to like journal and write things down and spend time thinking about strategizing, which I think that's a good thing to discuss because I was reading an article about how to improve as a software engineer. And it says, you're not hired to write code. You're hired to solve problems. And as you become a more seasoned developer, you're concentrating on solving the right problems. And I thought this was just a really interesting concept. So in the morning, as I'm thinking about business stuff, I'm strategizing on, um, you know, what's your path toward towards monetization, meaning how will you get paid? Like everyone has ideas, right? I want to build the next Facebook. Okay. Well, how do you monetize it? Well, you know, Facebook makes billions of billions of dollars. How? A membership? Facebook's free. Oh, I didn't think of that. So 
just spending time in those areas that I don't typically want to think about because like I said uh, as a as a younger guy I would have all these ideas but there wasn't any like proving it out it was just I have this great idea it would be so amazing but I never did anything with it so I think it's a good mental exercise to be creative but I just didn't put my money where my mouth was and now I'm spending I'm consciously spending time in the morning um, to think about and mull over um, how I'm going to do something instead of just diving in and doing stuff. Okay. That's good. So that's where things are currently um, and kind of realizing that the realm is great and it's always been the hobby thing but I feel like in the past it's been my go-to as far as trying to feel productive because I didn't want to do the other business thing with Cosmopod. I didn't want to spend the time to really think about, well, how are you going to make money, right? Like I did a projection on I want to do a software as a service app, which is called a SaaS app. So now the new thing is, or the plan of things is um, as a podcaster, right? You can uh, build your tribe, which you build an audience, and then you establish expertise in the market, which I've already done with my credentials. Uh, then I would release um, uh, like knowledge pieces or like um, uh, here's how you do this, this, like 10 steps to become better at Python or how to become proficient with built-in functions or things like that. I would offer those as like seminars or videos that people would pay for to have access to. And then I would just keep releasing materials. The problem with that is that you can't, it's all your time. You're trading time for money. So that's why SaaS becomes important as a solopreneur because I can scale it. So I was like, well, I want to do $20 a month and realizing how do you hit a million dollars at $20 a month? doing the math right mm-hmm. so you think well okay establish what your model is so my model is called a monthly recurring revenue meaning i pay netflix seven dollars a month and next month i pay them seven dollars but when they signed me as a customer they didn't weren't making the seven dollars for me but now when they sign me as a customer they're making the seven dollars going forward does that make sense yeah so first it's seven then 14 so on and so forth so i calculated to hit 2.5 million dollars a year of annual income, I need 7,500 and something licenses of monthly recurring revenue. That means customers paying $20 a month, I need to license it out or sell it to almost 8,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. So other people I've talked to that have said, that's too low, go for $500 a month. But then when you go for $500 a month, you reduce your target market. Right. Because not a lot of people can do five hundred dollars a month on some, and it, and also it's a lot of work for you because what I pay twenty dollars a month for it, and what I pay, if Netflix jumped their price to five hundred dollars a month, I wouldn't buy it. No, and a lot of other people wouldn't either, because the product has to fit the price. So that's the challenge. So that's what I spend time doing in the morning, of like trying to figure out. So I've tar- my target market is small to medium sized businesses. It is not consumers. What I've learned from the research that I've done is consumers are the most fickle entities in the business world. 
they will drop you like a hot potato they will talk trash about you or say things are amazing like just as fast as something can go up it can come straight crashing down and and so the you know you're talking about clients right correct customers yes and you know um you know you were talking about dealing with conflict your clients don't have to deal with conflict because they don't they're not staring you in the face as they're telling you they don't like what you're doing yes they just kind of do their little economic vote by deciding not to listen to you or pay or subscribe to whatever you're doing yes and that's their thumbs down to you uh, and people are more than willing to give their opinions online all of these people that some of them have difficulty dealing with conflict others don't doesn't matter they're not face to face with whoever they're saying things to so it makes it a whole lot easier for them to be critical yes um well and they say to get into niche markets because it's where you can establish expertise as far as being the only person that offers xyz the problem with that if your niche market is too small you're as a business person you're thinking i can turn a billion dollar business out of anything not true if you like cars from 1927 and only Chevrolet your niche market or if you're offering products to that specific group of people that will be it's a finite number of people right so you can only extract so much revenue from that market but if you go too wide then you have too much competition like I want to build a social platform like Facebook good luck right it's almost doomed to fail because there's nothing that you're doing that like I saw something the other day some guy was touting some social thing about like you know this is how you can stay up on current events I'm like dude no one cares about that oh man I wish there was some place that I could see videos of people talking about current events really who who is this (laughs) 20 somethings 20 somethings are the people that are going to push you forward in creating something that's viral those are the people that text and chat about what they're using. Older generation people do not do that. Nope. They just find it. Oh, do I have to pay for it? Is it worth that I pay? And that's it. And they'll only provide information if people are asking for it. That's right. So you can't hit a 20-something market with people talking about what's on Capitol Hill. Because that's just not happening. Because the demographic, they don't care about that. right? They care about Tinder, Snapchat, celebrities, and stuff like that. Right. But then... So that's that's been the hardest part and the part that I I like it once I get into it because you actually have metrics that you can measure and that's kind of cool because when you're down in the dumps about I can't I don't know how to make money that's kind of a cool thing to see okay if you get 5 customers this month you're good so then you kind of establish I think I could do that I have 30 days to talk to various small to medium sized businesses my first business i just did cold calling of banks and large financial institutions and generated money from them so you can do it but if you look at i need to make a million dollars you know you eat an elephant one bite at a time that kind of thing yeah so that's what i do in the morning that's what i've been trying to um think like a ceo uh right and making those grand sweeping decisions as far as vision and direction and what are we doing this for instead of transitioning to my worker role where I'm going to build the product and it's like time out 
what is the product? Um, it's this thing that I think is really cool. Stop. No one cares what you think is really cool. And that's very hard as an engineer to think about, but it's the truth, right? I'm talking to a guy, I'm kind of, I don't even know how this happened. This guy is just like a, um, like a referral. It, it, it is a friend of a friend. He needs, um, help. He's trying to get into programming. So he has this idea. So he tells me the idea and I'm like, okay, what kind of advice do you want from me? Tell me the truth. Uh, okay. Are you sure? You need to do, so he wanted to do something um, using um, blockchain technology. Blockchain is like Bitcoin. It's a thing, right? It's an, it's the new trending thing, right? But in the engineering communities, there's other ways to do that. Um, I won't even get into it. Well, okay. It's like I send you money, but without us having banks with that have our money, right? Imagine that I just give you cash and now you have the cash. Now I don't have it and you have it. Hmm. And it has value. The value has changed hands. Okay. Now imagine we do that on our phone. Whoa. So it doesn't come from my bank to your bank, right? Because each one has a system of record by which they transfer funds. So I have on record on Ledger that I have a million dollars in the bank. I transfer $500,000 to you. Now my bank docks 500000 and then the other bank increases 500000 because money is it's not always cash. Some, a lot of the time it's digital. So this is a way to do that without any type of central regulatory body. Or, I'm sorry, a central um, location. Hmm. The regulatory bodies come in, like the government, and says, wait a minute, what's happening? We can't watch this or tax this? That's where it's going to be an issue. As soon as the government starts to see, hey, this is a thing that's going to pop off, we need to regulate it, it's either going to die or it's going to cost more money to send money. It's just going to suck. Mm. Now, the, the question that I had, and he's, he's, um, he's not, I don't know how old he is. He's new to development. So I said, listen, you need to evaluate and have a strategy of why you're doing it with this technology. Is it because the tool fits the task or it's just a cool thing? Because I'm not hearing anything that's unique. And if you so choose to go forward with this, this thing doesn't have a lot of miles on it. So if you have an issue in the future, guess what you're going to be doing? Either fixing problems, replacing what you already... You're going to either going to have to gut the whole thing and replace it with what you should have had in there in the first place, or fixing bugs that are only pertinent to this to the technology that you chose that other people are not having issues with. You have to think about what the problems are going to be. And that's where the strategizing comes in. And I think as younger engineers, you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about, man, this is the hottest idea in the world. I need to build the app over the weekend and just send it out there. And that's nine times out of ten, not the wisest choice. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. What have you been doing this week? Uh, well, things have been busier at work. Um, did some work this past weekend. I, one of the problems that we have at work is that things don't come in easy flows. It's, 
it's uh, emergency time kind of on a regular basis and for one reason or other something got held up and now they need it right away they need it yesterday so that's been going on at work and so I've been trying to take care of that I had jury duty yesterday and how did that go? uh, I'll tell you that in a second Um, so the night before jury duty I'm trying to help a friend at work to finish up a project and I told him well I'll I'll, uh, work on it when I get home and so uh, we're able to VPN into the network from home mm-hmm. normally. Problem is, is that we're doing this massive migration because we're combining companies. And I think I told you before that that um, big companies have this tendency. I I think I'm suspecting this, and I can't really say with any real um, verification. But I suspect that most big companies use their own talent, their own IT people, their own, rather, when they when they have to do anything, and if, even if it gets to be a really big project they're trying to do, when honestly it's, it's crossed a line in which mm-hmm. they really need to hire from the outside in order to manage this because they're not up to it. That was what this migration really was. It, they were not up to the task. And so it's been a nightmare ever since uh, they started. And they've started the migration uh, combining the two companies. So it's been it's been going on for several weeks now, and it's nothing but nightmares. Anyway, my nightmare last night was I can't get on the network. Oh, nice. <laughs> so this is the night before I'm going on jury duty. They really needed this stuff done. So I ended up going in at five o'clock the next morning before jury duty. Oh, wow. And worked on it at work. And then what time was jury duty? It was 1030. Still. I, um, so I left work at about eight o'clock to, to go to the park and ride, to catch the bus, to go downtown, to do jury duty. <laughs> did oh, you, you, know, did jury, you get picked? No. It's interesting. Uh, the whole process. I mean, you're sitting there. I was sitting there for, from like, oh, about nine nine thirty yeah. until twelve thirty one o'clock. Hmm. And uh, it was just just hanging out, just hanging out. That's about all it was. And then finally, um, some people went to the to uh, great lengths to try to get out of it, and so they filled out. Form saying that they should not have to because of such and such and whatever, and so they got out of it. And the rest of us were sitting there thinking, "Well," and they pared the crowd down quite a bit from Ooh. those from what it was what it started out to be. And then we're waiting there and waiting, 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 waiting. We're the ones that are left, figuring that we're going to get picked for a jury or a panel. And uh, then the guy comes in and he says, "Well." Uh, none of the none of the courts uh, are going to need you today, so you guys are free to go home. So, <laughs> well, so anyway, I got out got out of that. Thank God. Nice. Can you imagine? I've never been picked. Have you ever been picked? I got as far as sitting and being uh, uh, that French word they use, where the uh, they question the folks. Um, I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Let alone been able to pronounce it. But they ask certain questions just to see, you know, who they want to pick and all that. Kind of. I, I was involved with that. Like, uh, if you're too biased, or so is so both attorneys 
have a say equally in the jury, or they each pick jury they, members? They get to ask questions. And I tell you what, they were not the obvious questions that you would think that they would be. Oh, to try to establish who's being... And, and that shows how their thinking is. It's not... If we ask questions that are too obvious, then people will know how to answer the questions. And they're just looking for... They're just asking these off-the-wall questions that you, you, you never would have thought they would ask. That's interesting. And then they just make some decisions from that, and you're thinking, what just happened? <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, so busy at work. And uh, I think I told you I've been going to this uh, course on uh, Wednesday nights. So I've postponed my writing for a while while, mm. I, while I do this. And uh, without going into a whole lot of detail on it, the, um, the class that I'm taking is really um, intended to help people identify different things that, um, that are barriers mm-hmm. to them being able to um, work things through. Like for me, I procrastinate a lot. And um, um, I've, you know, certain certain hang-ups that I've had that I've had since I was a kid, and trying to figure out. So how do you how do you get past some of this stuff? Because you don't really you you don't really know half the time why you do what you do. Yeah, that's a good. I point. mean, somebody says, "Well, why why do you do that?" Um, you know, like I told you, I think uh, one of our sessions I was talking to you about this girl that was in for counseling and she was um, talking to the counselor and at one point she was talking like what he would call the parent and then she would shift gears when there was this issue that came up and all of a sudden she's talking like the child. This is the counselor Mm -hmm. referring to her as talking like the child and the counselor said, where did you learn to talk to yourself like that? And it took her by surprise and she thought, well, this is what she picked up from when she was younger. And uh, so to try to keep this short in my explanation here, um, I, uh, I've needed to kind of understand a little bit about why I do or don't do some of the things I do. And so this has been very enlightening. It's very, very, very enlightening, actually. Um, and it's really kind of helped me to... to uh, just get some get my thinking a little bit straighter yeah um i'm fumbling for words right now so it's just trying to explain it because it's i'm still in the middle of it yeah and i haven't really uh i'm not at the end of it just yet i've got a few more weeks to go and and uh, processing some of this stuff especially when you're as old as i am and you've got all this stuff to process when you start going back and you're looking at various things that have happened to you um this is not to go back and just relive past for the sake of the past or to find some kind of excuse. It's really to help you to see how the past has affected you in the way you're living out your life today. If you are still responding today uh, in a way that you've responded for 10, 20, 30 years, going back to a time or an event where a person or an event did something that had this effect on you and it's caused certain behaviors to be a problem for you or dealing with conflict or um, to 
So you would say that you're strategizing about your life. Yeah, um, but it's it's um, it's it's taking a, a hard look at some things that, frankly, the culture tells you. Um, you know, you just need to get beyond this. Or, more likely, is that's just the way you are. That's just the way you are, or like you shouldn't change. Right. Last night I was talking to the group, and I said, um, I said one of the things that I've learned is that you need to be careful who you establish in your life as your heroes, Um, or at least stand back for a moment and ask yourself, why did I choose to essentially emulate this person? And a lot of times it's people that you look at as people who really have their act together. Mm-hmm. They're successful in your eyes. Uh, they're able to handle difficult situations. You know, why is it that we have certain heroes in the movies and things like that? Because we 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 want to emulate those people. We say, "Wow, that's a strong person. I want to be like that person." Um, and the problem comes is when you find yourself unable to emulate that person who, quite frankly read a script, did what he was supposed to, had a stand-in with the fight scenes when they came on, and so it wasn't really real. Um, In real life, a lot of those movie stars or heroes of yours have struggles that you don't even know of. Um, All you see is them when they have their best foot forward. You know, this is just like when you see somebody who's become successful in the business world and say, well, I want to be a success, like Mm -hmm. that guy over there. Well, okay, study their life, study how they got to where they got and what they had to do, uh, how many things just happened because they happened and how many were because they worked really hard to do what they did. Um, There's a whole lot of things that go into making people what they are at any particular point in their life, and to compare yourself to them can be disastrous, really. Yes. Um, It can set you up for some, some unrealistic expectations, so... Well, and also thinking about, you know, for success or looking at successful people, it's kind of an interesting um, dilemma as you evaluate their decisions because time has to come from somewhere. And for some people, it's worth the cost to be divorced six times or not care about anything but becoming successful and being the best. And so to model your life and take the good things and the bad thing or like try to sift out the bad things um, can be a challenge as well. Because I've looked at, you know, you look, do you want to make a billion dollars? Does it, is it really necessary to like kill yourself and everyone else around you to become successful? I mean, I don't personally believe that it's necessary but I know there's people out there that would definitely disagree with me and saying you need to be in the office seven days a week, you need to be going there when you need to work holidays, when you know your competition's not working. Like those kinds of things I feel like you're it's not a it's not a good um not a trade, but it's not a good investment or it's not a good uh way to get there. Sure. I I'll give you an example of, of one of the things that I've had to learn and I'm still learning, and I'll use you, bring you into my example, because 
Uh, I've said before, I really admire the fact that you're willing to be humble and ask questions and seek people's help. And um, <clears throat> one of my confessions is that that has not, that would not be me. Um, for some reason or other, I've had this hang up about I can do it myself. Um, and it's not because I really think I'm that good that I can do it. It's just there's some kind of embarrassment or uh, feeling ashamed that I would have to ask for help, and I don't want to embarrass myself by saying something that would make, lead somebody to think that I'm not very intelligent or I'm just not able to do it on my own, whatever. Truth is, none of us, truth is, all of us have, are standing on the shoulders of somebody else, okay? You, you didn't. You didn't come up with all these things on your own, yeah. sitting in a corner thinking about stuff. You know, you learn it from books, you learn it from teachers, you learn it from asking people questions and things like that. But if you find yourself in a position like I was for, for whatever reason, and I've been this way a good share of my life, where I wouldn't ask for help. And it's, and like I say, it's not because I was cocky and I, I didn't, you know, too proud to ask for help. It was more a, of a thing that I felt kind of embarrassed that I would have to ask I should know. I should know. You know. Um, by the way, my heroes—they—they they just went out and did that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. right? Really, uh, it's, it's totally beyond realism um, when you stop to think about it. But I had to stop and ask myself, well, why is that, Wayne? Why is it that you're struggling with um, asking for help and you know um, seeking out how to do things, being mm-hmm. willing to. Um, realize that as we say you eat the elephant one bite at a time you learn a skill one step at a time uh, you don't just leap from one side of the the river bank to the others you, you take a boat across you find some rocks on the surface you go to mm-hmm. a shallow end whatever you do but it, it's life is made up of a lot of hard things and if you don't make yourself vulnerable if you don't open yourself up to be asking for help from someone else, which means you have to, like I say, be vulnerable, you have to be humble, and uh, be willing to listen to whatever they have to say. And I, I found that I struggled with that, and I really couldn't tell you why. Mm-hmm. So this this uh, class that I'm taking is really just kind of opening up some uh, avenues to where some of the thinking came from years ago. Um, you know, I, I've shared with you before, like, you know, even with my parents, I didn't have a whole lot of those conversations. I didn't feel very comfortable having those conversations and saying, I really don't know what I'm doing here. Can you help me with this? Um, for some reason or other, that just was not one of those conversations that I can remember ever having. So... Um, well, and a lot of that too, maybe from your parents, as far as what the expectation is. Maybe the expectation, if it's not communicated to you, it's it's just expected that you know it. That you would know it, and then after a while, you begin to believe that. You begin to embrace it. I guess I should know. Yes. <laughs> you know. So, to for me to ask somebody when I should know already, that seems like kind of an oxymoron. Well, so, and I appreciate the compliment. Uh, you know, a lot of it has been. Because you modeled that in my life, so I'm able to take that in and kind of go further than, the, not further, but you know what I'm saying, like yeah. get a head start a little bit. And, you know, with regard to asking questions, 
There's days that I feel like it's the best trade and the worst because it just feels it came from just falling on my face so much that you just get tired of just oh, is it this? Is it that? I don't want to guess. I want to know. So mm-hmm. that's why I would just say, what do you think about this? And like actually ask people that are further down the road that they would say, well, and then and then you have to learn to gauge that advice and you know compare them with other people and but for myself it's freeing not to have to be the person that knows everything. Yeah, and and you have to be willing to give yourself that freedom. There are some people that are that are walking around with this heavy load because something inside them tells them that they need to have the answers to everything, that they need yes. to be the go-to person for this or that, and that's what's supporting their whole self-image. Uh that's really sad because it it doesn't take much to blow that over. Yes. And and then they're in real trouble. So um I mean, or their reaction doesn't fit the the circumstance, no. right? They they blow things out of the water. They 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 project those expectations onto either people that work for them or with them. They just create a very stressful environment. Um on the, on the flip side, you have people that are very lazy and just kind of lackadaisical. Because I'm laid back, I get targeted like that. So people are like, oh, he's really laid back. He's stupid. So then when I come out of left field with something, it's like, hey, you know, you can be laid back. It doesn't mean you're stupid. Right. That's a false assumption. I, I think um, one of the things that we talked about last night, which I thought was really good, we were talking about shame. Um, it's something that's difficult for for people to talk about, um, but pretty much everyone has a certain degree of shame that they feel about certain things, that they did things that they feel bad about, um, said things that they shouldn't have, and some people move beyond those things and move quickly on to the next thing, and, and others kind of harbor some thoughts and feelings about themselves because of something they did. They made a distinction that I thought was really good, talking about shame and guilt. Guilt is something that is, you know, you're guilty because you did such and such. Okay, that, that's on it. That's about guilt is associated with maybe a behavior that you mm-hmm. did. Okay, but shame is more attacks the self. Yes, and and that's where you have to be very careful with something like that. You know, as a parent, I had to be careful when my when mom and I were raising you guys and. And, and uh, if you were guilty of something that you did wrong, then you needed to be reprimanded, you needed to be punished, uh, you needed to have a talking to, and so forth. But that in no way should ever uh, cut at the down to the bone or into the muscle of, of your being like shame. Uh, and you've heard people say that, um, I'm so ashamed of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone would take that as an attack upon them, themselves rather than I'm ashamed of you because you committed that particular behavior. Okay, so yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. But the care that needs to be taken not to attack the self, the, the person themselves, um, because frankly there's a lot of people walking around with uh, with shame that they, they they need to get taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's affected their self-image. It's affected every area of their lives. Um, it's a lot of broken people that are are struggling with dealing with this whole issue of shame. 
And so, I, you know, when I think about, just to cut this short here, as far as what I'm, this class that I'm taking, I think it's been really good because it's helped me to analyze my thinking, because that's really where it all starts. It starts between your ears, how you think about things, how you perceive things. And uh, we're all that way. What do you do with what you're perceiving in the world that you're living in from the people that you're, you engage in conversations or you in some type of behavior with, uh, your job, your home, your home life? Uh, how do you perceive all those things? It's, it's right between your ears, the way you think about those things. And if your thinking is messed up because of something had that happened to you years ago or something that someone said that you just never got beyond... Uh, if you don't effectively deal with that, then you kind of condemn yourself to continue to respond in a way that's inappropriate, possibly, to the current event. But it all goes back to something that happened years and years ago, and now you, for instance, have a problem with conflict because of something that happened years ago. Well, um, it may not be just a personality thing. We, we all have different personalities, so we all respond to conflict different based on our personalities. But there may be an extraordinary response that you have to it because of something that happened that you really need to deal with. You need to talk to somebody about it. So one of the things they did say, and then I'll cut this off here, is that ex- exposure or sharing that with someone is... Um, Probably one of the best and most healing things that you can actually do. It needs to be somebody that cares about you mm. and that, that has your best interests at heart, not just anybody. But because uh, I think that the the greatest thing on the negative side that you can do is to run and hide. And for me, I think that there's been some things that I've just kind of kept inside and never felt comfortable sharing with anyone. And I really didn't do myself any favors by. Mm-hmm by responding that way um, you you tend to be your you tend to beat yourself up and you, you just don't get beyond it so exposure bringing it out into the sunlight and being able to share that with somebody um, and that's why places like AA you know where they have the 12 step program where they say when the person says hi my name is so and so and I'm an alcoholic what's the magic in that um there's a certain confession there that is freeing that's identifying that's where you're at right now and that's who you are um, for the moment um, that doesn't have to define you for the future um, but right now this is where you're at and, and you have to be willing to acknowledge that and sometimes it's good to like I say bring it out into the open share it with some folks that really care about you who can help you and encourage you to take the next steps in your journey. That's that's critical. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. And I, like I said, I had to step away from the writing for the time being because I thought to myself, it's been interesting. We've been doing this podcast for how long now? And I started getting back on board with the writing and I get some momentum and then I quit and then I get some momentum and then I quit and I get some momentum and I quit. And I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if there's... Um, there's something that I need to step aside and take a look at. Well, it has a lot to do with everything in your life, right? Like whatever is internal will become manifested on the outside. 
So how you do business, how you do writing, how you attack issues, how you strategize anything has a lot to do with that. So yeah. I think it is pertinent and important to whatever you're doing. It, to me, that times thinking about business stuff in the morning is really that, right? I, I'd not only think about, you know, well, how am I going to make a million dollars? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? It is what is my vision or what is my, what is success to me? Yeah. Is it money? Because it can be a lot of different things. So like getting at the core of what makes you, you, uh, I ask myself things like, do I want to be in this business? Why haven't you done X, Y, Z? Is it, it's a legitimate question. Well, I'm lazy. I procrastinated. Time out. Did you really want to do that? And that's a hard question to ask. Sure. I've been in businesses with other partners where I ask myself, "Is this? does this excite me? And if it doesn't, maybe the answer is don't do it. Not push harder or try to find a way to, to put it on the schedule and, let me and stuff like that. let me ask you something. You're bringing that up. I've watched you struggle at times because there's a part of you that wanted to please people. Mm-hmm. And to have the willingness to just say, is this really what I want? And, and and not to feel guilty because you're feeling like you're being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, because there will always be people pulling at you for one thing or another. And I think sometimes it's important to just identify, well, what what is it that I want and be okay with that? Because quite frankly, you need to. There's, there's Well, and as a people pleaser, you associate that with being selfish. Yeah. But if it's not something you're passionate about, it's not hard yet. When it gets hard, you're going to quit. So you might as well quit sooner than later. And I think one of the identifiers for people who are people pleasers is when you ask them, what is it you really want to do with your life? And they and they can't seem to come up with it. Yes, and it's because you haven't taken the time to truly yeah. think about it. So that's why I think that introspection that you're doing with yourself is key. It's been really good. And I, I think this podcast has been great, this course has been great and uh, been really important to me then we'll keep doing that into next week yep see you later thanks